This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, let's go to the book of Math or Philippians chapter 4 tonight. Where we're at, if you have been here or not been here for the last, this is the fifth week, we've been talking about the Word of God. Just the significance of the Word of God. And then we've jumped not only from the Word of God, but how the Word of God becomes alive in us. And we've been on the mind that I, I renew my mind to the Word of God. Now, what we, we think about ultimately leads to the words that come out of our mouth. And this is just my personal opinion right here, that the things that I think on and the things that come out of my mouth are the starting point for change in my life. You want to see change in your life? Start thinking on the Word of God and start speaking on the Word of God. Because if you don't think on the Word and don't speak on the Word of God or the things of the Word of God, you will stay stuck in the very ruts that you're in. And so I must get a hold of the Word. And and what I mean by that, I I start agreeing with the Word in my mind and I start... uh, agreeing with the word in my mouth, and things begin to happen. Now, just because you hear God's word doesn't mean that it's going to work for you, okay? Hearing the word is big, but i got to not only hear it. According to Joshua 1.8, i got to speak it, i got to meditate on it, and ultimately i got to do it. i got to take off with the word of God, and so... Really, when we think about our lives, we're very similar to a computer. A computer only does what's been programmed into it. Well, that's the same as me and you in life. We, we only get out of our heart what we put into it. Where's that biblically? That's Matthew twelve thirty four. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we are, we're very similar to a computer. You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. I don't care who you are. But you put the things of God in, God will begin to work. He'll begin to move. Now, we ended here last week in Philippians 4. And this will just give you a little bit of insight on where we're going even again tonight. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, or summing it all up, whatever things are, are true... Whatever things are noble or honorable, whatever things are just or just right, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue or excellent, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now remember the word meditate means to to dwell on it. To ponder it. Actually, I believe right here the Apostle Paul is saying, Consecra- uh, concentrate on these things because my character and my conduct are birthed in my mind. And so when it's excellent things and praiseworthy things, he's telling me right here, he's giving me a warning. These are the things to think on. These are the things to meditate on. Now, every one of us in this room every day, we have the opportunity to meditate or think on things that we probably shouldn't. But I don't believe the Apostle Paul, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, 
would have told us to, to fix our thoughts on these things if it wasn't possible. Now, part of that is learning to discipline my mind on what I allow my mind to think on. If you were here a week ago, at least, maybe two weeks ago, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 3 through 5, that's where it says for us to capture every thought. So that becomes a discipline. Remember that. That I've got to discipline myself on what I allow to, to think on because why? Remember Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, thinketh in his heart, so is he. So ultimately, the things I think on will be ultimately the things I act on. You know, you, you think about this, if, and I'm just going to use food for an example because we all like food. But sometimes you just crave food. Like, you may say, man, I, I am craving a certain type of ice cream. And throughout the day, man, you think about that. And, and before long, even when you think about it, you begin to visualize it. You begin to see that, whether it's on a cone or a cup. And ultimately, you know what's going to happen? When you meditate on that ice cream all day, the majority of the time, you're going to act on it. And sooner or later, by the time you get home, some of you will just literally have the carton out, just eating right out of the carton. Because why? You've craved it all day. That's what happens when we begin to meditate on things. Now, use that analogy in everyday life. What are you thinking on? What are you meditating on? Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now, my, my actions are affected by what I dwell on. And I've, I've got to learn to control my thought life. And this is where we're headed with this, Romans chapter number 8. And my point in a lot of this tonight is I, I want you to see in the Bible how many times the mind is mentioned. Meditating on the mind or just the mind. It's unbelievable how many times. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Begin with me, verse 5. For those who live according to their flesh, and when he talks about the flesh, he's talking about our sinful nature. For those who live according to their sinful nature, set their minds on the things of the flesh. So, so look what he's telling you here, that when you begin to think on the things of the flesh, ultimately you're going to act on the things of the flesh. And then the last part of verse 5, he said, but those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So Paul right here, I believe, is... He's telling every one of us that he sets this into only two categories. That you either set your mind and you're dominated by the things of the flesh, or you're going to set your mind on the things of the Spirit, and you're going to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to help you. Now, when I look at this, once again, I want to highlight what he said here, because there was only two categories. I'm going to live by my sinful nature or I'm going to live by the, the things of God, by the Holy Spirit. And when I live by the Holy Spirit, you know what he'll begin to do? He will actually begin to teach me to live out Philippians 4.8. Think on these things. What's pure, what's lovely, 
What's praiseworthy? All those. Keep reading. Verse 6. For to be what? Carnally minded. That means fleshly minded. Is death. So letting your sinful nature control your mind. Look what he said it would lead to. It would lead to death. But, once again, there's but. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me in my mind is life and peace. So the the options here were death or life and peace. And so it's as if the Apostle Paul saying, you're going to have to make a choice what you allow your mind to meditate on. Now this is big that we understand what he's talking about here. The things I set my mind on ultimately become my behavior. What I meditate on becomes my behavior. Keep reading, verse 8. So then, those who are in the flesh... And the flesh characterizes people's very nature if it's that of sin. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Wow. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I don't care who you are. I can't please God. When I allow my flesh to dominate me and it's in the mind. And he ends in verse 9 with this. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Now back up, because I skipped verse 7. I want you to see it, because I skipped it. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind is hostility toward God. In other words, the, the carnal mind hates the things of God. And if you would study the whole book of Romans you would find out that every day there's a tug-of-war going on for the flesh and the things of the Spirit. And, and that's just not selective to this one or this one. It's every one of us in this room. There's the things of the world are constantly tugging at. Your flesh is constantly tugging. Which one wins the war? Well, I believe a lot of it starts where our mind is. You know, we think back to Romans 12 a week ago. Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world. Don't allow the world to shape you and mold you. And then right after he says that, he says, But be transformed, be changed, how? By the renewing of your mind to the Word of God. So right there, he begins to tell me that in this thing called the tug-of-war that's pulling after your mind even and your heart, one of them's going to win. One of them. I don't have to be controlled or dominated by my sin nature, okay? And the thing is about this, the devil will fight you tooth and nail to keep you from getting your mind renewed to the Word of God. You know why? He knows that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He knows that. So as long as he can keep your thoughts bombarded with the things of the world and the things of the flesh, he's got you. He's got me. And so it's, it's like this, that I, I must give time to the Word of God on a daily basis. Now go with me way back 
to the uh, New Testament, way back in the back to 3 John. It's just really one page. 3 John, right there before um, Revelations. So I turn from the peel of, of sin. How do I turn from the, uh, the peel of sin? Well, I've got to, uh, to learn to ignore the temptation. How do I ignore the temptation? I cast down those thoughts. I capture those thoughts. And I allow the Holy Spirit to empower me. Now, some of you have been coming to church here very long. You, you've probably heard me say this, and man, it's just coming to me. But here, here's a thought, and actually, it, it was a song, but I'm not going to sing it to you. I'm going to bless you. And I just kind of turn it into a, a, a poem, but it, it says this and goes this way. How is your thought life? Have you been dating the devil? Have you been going steady with him? Have you and the devil been romancing? Break up with that cat. He's a dirty old rat. All he want to do is ride your back. He'll get you down, down, down to the ground and treat you just like a dirty old hound. Don't listen to the devil because he's a liar. All he wants to do is try to destroy you. Cast down those thoughts that the devil brings and use your shield of faith and you'll always win. Now listen to this. Don't treat the thought like it never came, but cast it down in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of truth to that, okay? A lot, a lot of truth to that. And so once again, the highlight there, and I said, really listen to this. Don't treat the thought like it never came. Remember, 2 Corinthians 10, he says, capture every thought. Capture it. And when I capture it, I replace it with the Word of God. And I think on things that are lovely, and I think on things that are praiseworthy, and I think on things that are just. And it is this big time. It is a discipline, okay? Third John Let's just start in verse number 1 since it's not very long here. 3 John 1, To the beloved guys whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And when he talks about all things, he's talking about every area of your life. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, just every area of your life. And then he goes on and says, And be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, the New Living says it this way. You are as healthy in your body as you are strong in the mind. So when I read this here, God is concerned about every avenue of my life. He's concerned about me physically. He's concerned about me spiritually. He's he's concerned about my health. He's concerned about my wealth, every part of me, okay? Look what he said there. And be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, if we were to find your soul, according to, to, to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, man is spirit, soul, and body. My soul is made up of my mind, my will, and my emotions. So he said right there that he even wants us to prosper in our minds. Now, here's a, here's a powerful thing that I encourage you to begin to affirm on a daily basis and say, Father God, I thank you that my mind is sound. 
My memory is sound. My emotions are sound. How many of you get emotionally messed up? Man, you see that through the week. Man, people are, are down in the, the, the blues on Monday, but man, on Friday when it's payday, they're up. And, and Sunday night about 8 o'clock, oh my gosh, we're down. It's bad. See, I can't, I can't be dictated by my emotions either of the day of the week. And I believe even right here, he's trying to tell us this. And he goes on to say, the key to this whole thing to me is this right here. Look at the key to verse 2. It's found in verse 3 and 4. For I, regret, I rejoice greatly when brethren or believers came and they testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. Now the word walk means to live. So he said, man, it blessed him to hear that other believers were living in the truth. And if you'll note something here in verse 3 that's really, really good, he said, when brethren came and testified of the truth. How do you testify of anything? You speak it out of your mouth. So one of the keys right here, and we're going to get into that in the next few weeks, but I must testify of the truth. To testify of the truth is to speak the truth. To speak it out of your mouth. Now look what he goes on in verse 4 and he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. So the foundation of, of prospering in my body and my soul, guys, is I got to be founded in the truth. You got to be founded in the truth. But when you're founded in the truth, you're going to prosper in everything that he talked about in verse 2. So we jump back to the very first week when we started. John 17, 17, Jesus said this, Sanctify them by the truth. My word is truth. So the word of God will affect me spiritually, It'll affect my mind mentally. It will affect me physically. Every area of your life, your body will, will uh, be formed by the Word of God or be transformed if you'll allow it to be. Now, this is what he's trying to get a hold of. We're trying to get a hold here. Now, when he talks about this, I must accept God's Word as the highest and the final authority. Now, I'm going to jump to that here in just a minute. And, and I'm going to say it again in just a second. There's one other thing I want to show you here in verse 4. When it says the word truth in verse 4, the Greek word for that is the word eletheia, which means nothing concealed. Listen to the way that says it this way. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk with nothing concealed. In other words, because of the truth... Woo, you get to see who I am through the truth. I get to see who you are, the truth. And you know what ultimately that is? I am who the truth says I am. I am who the Bible says I am. So nothing has to be concealed. But in order to get there, once again, I've got to make sure the word is the highest authority in my life and the final authority. Nothing's above the word of God. Nothing. Not even the New York Times, not even Sports Illustrated. None of that. The Word of God is the highest or the final authority in my life. Now, in saying that, turn just a few pages back to the left to James chapter 1. So, as we're turning there, 
I can't have a half-hearted commitment to the truth. James chapter 1. If you've gone to Hebrews, you've gone too far. Go back to James 1. What would be a half-hearted commitment to the Word, to the truth? Well, listen, guys. The Word of God is not multiple choice. I'll obey this, but I won't obey this. You know, I kind of like the commandment to honor your mother and father, but I hate the commandment of this. No. The Word of God, guys, was never meant for me to pick and choose. So once again, I can't have a half-hearted commitment to the, the Word of God. It's got to be whole committed. I've got to be all in. Now, I'm, I'm jumping here a little bit. I'm going to start in verse 6 just for time's sake here, okay? James 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So what he's talking about here, guys, is, is the word is not like human advice. You know, if you give me human advice, I can retain it or I can throw it away. I can say, I don't want that junk. I don't want to hear it. But with the word of God, I don't have that option. If I'm going to live with the things of God, I got to grab a hold of the word of God. I can't doubt it. Where does doubting take place? Right here. What overshadows doubting? Well, when I get over into faith here, so he says, but let him ask in faith. Where does faith come from? Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when I ask in faith, how am I asking? According to the word of God. That's why it's very important even when you go to God and you ask God, when you back it up with scripture, okay? Just pray the scripture. You know, and, and let me back up just a little bit here, just in my own life. And this may help you with just what I said. That, once again, that, that growing up, man, I had all that stinking alcohol. I was bound by it. But I found there in Colossians 1.13 where he said that he's delivered me out of the power of darkness. So to pray in faith, it came like this. I just prayed Colossians 1.13 and I would say, Father God, I thank you that you've delivered me out of the power of darkness. And you've transferred me into the kingdom of light. So you know what I did? I prayed according to the word of God. And when you pray according to the word of God, guys, I'm going to tell you, there'll be a faith that'll rise up because it's not based on you or me. It's based on what God said. And I'll tell you what it'll do to doubt. It'll squish doubt. It'll choke doubt. And so what do you do? You just keep speaking it. You keep praying it. You keep believing it. And day by day, day by day, you allow the word of God to saturate you in my mind and in my heart, okay? Keep reading here, verse 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So a double-minded man, guys, his loyalty is divided between the sinful nature And God. That's what happens. So we jump back to where we started there in Romans. There's this tug of war and the thing starts going on in my mind. And he says, a double-minded man, don't think you'll receive anything. And so what happens is I vacillate between the things of God and between the things of men. My flesh. So what do I got to do? I got to stay here with the word of God. 
And it's got to be a consistency. That's why we jump back to, to Romans, or not Romans, John 8, 31, where Jesus said, if you continue in my word, or if you abide in my word, then and then, only then will you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what do I got to do? I got to continue in the word. Day by day, by day, by day, by day, by day, by day. Over and over and over and over again. And guys, when I talk about this stuff, I'm not talking about a quick fix. I'm not talking about a pill that you can take and have overnight. I'm not talking about a microwave mentality. I'm talking about a lifestyle. You know what a lifestyle is? I stay with it day by day by day by day by day by day by day. It's kind of like exercising. If you'll exercise day by day by day by day, things will begin to happen in your life. How does that happen? It's a discipline. Because I'm 53 years old. I'm going to tell you, there's days that I have to tell this 53-year-old body, you're going to run today. And you want my flesh says, no, you're not. But once again, when you discipline your life in areas, you'll begin to see things happen. And understand this, guys, the way I am right now, I wasn't always like that. I mean, when I, when I got born again, I didn't have a clue about the things of God. But I began to get a hold of the Word of God, and I began to fix my mind on it, and I speak it, and I speak it, and I speak it, and I'll continue speaking it. And so it's, it's like a lifestyle with me every day. That, and I've told you guys this, I will literally speak, I think it's 135 affirmations now on a daily basis. It doesn't take me that long. I mean, I just begin to walk. I'll, I'll walk in our church basement over there a lot. And man, I'll begin to pace. And you've heard me do this. What is that? That is a discipline right there. And the majority of the stuff I speak out of my mouth is the Word of God. Like what, Pastor? Well, I love to speak Psalm 512. He blesses me, His righteousness, and His favor surrounds me like a shield. Thank you, Father God, you're blessing me today. You know, Psalm 65, 13, he says that he's crowned my year with his goodness and my past drip with abundance. Psalm 69 says, and daily he loads me with, my, with his benefits. And so once again, I speak that, and then you get back over to Galatians 3, 13. He's redeemed me from the curse of law. What does that mean? I walk in life. I walk in the blessed life, according to John 10, 10. I walk in the abundant life. I walk in divine health. No sickness or disease comes near my dwelling. And I will speak to my body on a daily basis. I will speak over my marriage. What do you speak? Ephesians 5. That in my home, my marriage has become one, and we operate in love and respect. So once again, guys, all I'm doing is disciplining myself to go through the Word of God through a, on a daily basis. You know what happens a lot of times? We don't start doing those things until we're in the deep end. We're sinking. We got about a half a nostril out of water and we're saying, help me, Jesus, help me. So what is this? This is preventive medicine. How many take some type of vitamin every day? Some of you do. Why? A lot of times it's preventive. Well, think about this. The gospel. The gospel. Get a hold of the gospel. And just speak the word. And you know what? If some of you would take five minutes right now, this is your homework, start taking five minutes a day and start speaking in the word and get a hold of it with bulldog faith. You know what bulldog faith is? I'm not letting go. 
I'm getting a hold of that. I'm going to speak it. 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 No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working mightily in me. And that's what you got to get. You just keep speaking the Word. You keep speaking the Word. Keep speaking the Word. You guys look at me like I'm crazy. Well, sometimes. Go with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1. Here's one more i got to show you. Psalm 1. And so what, what's the point here? i got to stay with the Word, guys. Stay with the Word. Well, Pastor, you don't know my situation. So the Word of God doesn't work for you, huh? Well, my life has been so much harder than yours. So the Word of God doesn't work for you. See, if I'm not careful, I'll live a life of an excuse. How many of you have ever had the Lord rebuke you? How many just really get after you? He does that with me quite frequently, and he's done that recently. And you know what he'll say to me? You know the Word of God. Obey it. Do it. I was yakking around one day, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, I want you blessed. I want you to walk in those things. I'm not the problem. The devil's the problem. And you keep sitting there and letting him steal from you. When in in Matthew 16, 19, he said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Bind him up. I thought, well, yeah, I know that. But it does me no good unless I act on it. Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed. That word blessed means happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Now, it's interesting to me that the psalm starts, Psalm 1, 1, starts with the word blessed. If I would go through and read every psalm and meditate on them, you want to see a blessing come to your life? So he says here, blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Now, I want to know how the man is blessed. Well, he tells me right here. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, the mockers. And if you'll notice that, guys, there, it's a progression of influence. Look what he says. Walk, stand, and sit. So he tells me, first of all, don't walk with the ungodly, the wicked. You know why? They'll pull you down, too. Then he says, don't stand in the path of the sinners. You know why? Because they want to influence you. And ultimately, he says, don't sit in the seat of the the, the mockers. There'll always be people that'll mock the things of God. And so, I jump back to what he just said. Blessed is the man who heeds what he just said. You want to be happy, fortunate, and to be envied? Then obey this. It's the same for my life. i got to get a hold of that. Well, you know what, I can, I can be around people like that and it won't affect me. You run with the snakes, you're going to get bit. That's Proverbs 36.6. Not really, it's not in there. <laughs> that's just a saying of mine, that's not in there, okay? <laughs> I'm just being honored. My brother used to tell me all, that time, all the time. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law or the word of God. His delight is in obeying the word of God. Whose delight? The blessed man. You want to be a blessed man? Delight in the word of God. Right there. Man, I don't know that I can say it any clearer than that. And he says, 
And in his law, in his word, he meditates. And that word meditate right there in the Hebrews means is to quietly repeat them. One translation says for meditate there is the word to mutter. A lot of you didn't even realize you mutter all day long. How many of you talk to yourself? I do all day. You stand at the traffic line, man, you're muttering. Start muttering the word of God. And you'll look over there and people will be looking at you like, there's nobody in the car with you. Just me and Jesus. He meditates. He mutters. He speaks quietly. When? Look at this. Day and night. A constant state of communion and fellowship with God. So you know what that is? That's, that's uh, John eight thirty one. He continues in the Word, and this is what he's telling me again. And what is he defining here? The blessed man. The blessed. See, the blessed man, it just doesn't happen. You just walk, walk down the street one day and a bolt of lightning hits you and you're the blessed man from now on. It's not how it's going to happen. i got to get in the Word. I got to take time to do that. Keep reading. He, the blessed man, shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. And so you see right there a tree that's planted by the waters. You know what that is? He's got a constant supply of water. Do you realize the significance of water? Well, in this part of the world, we do now. We've been in a drought, and you've seen what rain does. So, right here, what is the water? Man, I stay in the things of God. And, and, and note right here, he says, he's the one that's planted. When you talk about being planted or rooted in something, that doesn't happen immediately. That takes some time. Don't give up on the Word of God. Stay in there and stay in it and stay in it and stay in it. I mean, I got some tomatoes, man. Right now, the, the rain did a wonder for them. I planted them about a month ago. And two days after I planted them, I didn't go out there and kick them and go in the house and tell, show them sorry things. They ain't got a tomato on them. They ain't got nothing. I planted some corn about a month ago. It's about this high right now. There's not one, one ear of corn on them yet. So what am I saying? Anything in life, even in the natural, it takes time to be planted, be rooted, the same as me and you. That's why I said a minute ago, it's not a quick fix. And then he goes on to say that it brings forth, that brings forth its fruit in season, it's going to happen, whose leaf all shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. So once again, he's defining the blessed man. You know what I can tell every one of us in this room? Every one of us can be this way. But there's some things i got to do. And when he talked about the first part, the, the, the progression of influence, I believe he's just telling us, man, stay away from that stuff that pulls on your flesh. Stay away from the things of the world. You don't have to raise your hand on this, but how many of you know that whether it's right now in your life or years ago in your life, when you got around certain people, you were going to sin? That was me. I tell you right now, I knew it. I knew I could tell you buddy's name. I knew when I saw those fellas, it's on. It's on. 
You know why? Because I made a decision in my heart. And so this is what he's telling me. Stay away from those people and become a man that says, and a woman says, I'm going to meditate on the Word. I'm going to get the Word in me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.